You're listening to Rust Belt Running. Running is what makes me realize that, like, I'm a human being who is worth something. That is not a good measurement of my value as a human. We get between eight and 10,000 additional comments, and I read every one of them. So you had to run Sand Run for your first. You become race director and take it out. <laughs> uh, it's, you know, it's got to be old guy naked in the locker room. I, I get to spend time with my friend Adam. I get to do something with my friend. Right now, I'm not thinking much beyond what I'm going to be drinking next week at this time. Coleslaw on a taco is not taco, it's barbecue. And so we'll be discussing tonight with some occasional swear words from Andrew because he's upset. And that's okay. I know him as the biggest Kid Rock fan around. You rap that. <laughs> oh, dear God. You're listening to Rust Belt Running. I'm Adam Wheeler. You can find me on social media at Wheels Up in CLE. Joined as I always am, or at least for the time being, by Andrew Hedinger, who you can find on social media at Andrew Runs a Lot. If you want to find the pod on social media, you can find us at Rust Belt Running. Andrew, how you doing, bud? I'm doing all right. I got my flu shot yesterday, strategically timed out to Nicely. be two weeks out from my race. Nicely done. Yeah. Um, so I feel like going and taking a large nap after this. I have to ask, did you choose to get it two weeks out of your race because the government is in their conspiracies and planted some sort of performance enhancing drug in there now to go along with your microchip? I, um, I, I, I'm not at liberty to say. Okay. So yeah, it's, it was strategically, I, I didn't want to be too close to race day. <laughs> yeah. And I, uh, that I also wanted to make sure I was off the day after, and I didn't have any more real hard workouts that couldn't be moved around. Right. You know, your muscles are all sore and stuff when you're achy and I don't want to hurt myself. We'll get into that later. Um, but yeah, I'm doing fine. I'm doing fine. I'm, I'm glad to be back recording with you instead of doing an uninterrupted like last week. That right. was not yeah. fun to do. So, um, how are you doing? Oh, you know, I'm, I'm doing better than Urban Meyer is right now. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> I'm sorry. Right. right as I started to talk to intro this, I saw a thing come up about Urban Meyer apologizing to the team. <laughs> I don't go on Twitter that much because I don't have it on my phone. And so there will be things going on that I'm just wholly unaware of. And I logged into Twitter yesterday because I want to look up some Brown stuff. And I see Urban Meyer's trending. And I'm like, oh, okay. And then I see why Urban Meyer's trend. Yeah, of what? Oh, my gosh. I mean, I can't say I'm surprised for a dude that covered up for a wife beater for, what, like eight years? Like, yeah. I'm not shocked. I mean, if you thought he was anything more than, you know, a complete scumbag, then, you know, you're disappointed. I'm not surprised. I think it makes you... I think it kind of makes you realize. So, like, I've always, I've always hated the shtick that like athletes are supposed to be role models. Yeah, because athletes, especially in this day and age, I think are they're highly successful at a very small range of skills that allow them to be elite at what they do. You know, elite, especially relative to pretty much anybody else. And yes, within that group of athletes, there's going to be you know athletes that are you know, great moral leaders who do the right thing. But 
I mean, you don't have to be to be a good athlete. Right. And so it drives me nuts when athletes are put on this pedestal and they're like, oh, they're they're examples to our children. No, they're not. They're trying to cash in and make as much money as they can. And a few of them have very, uh, you know, very good sort of um, goals in mind in terms of like putting the team first and all that. But it's it's rare now than we think. And so I don't understand why we think the coaches are going to be any different. It's a shtick. Yeah, I think you want to think that especially college coaches would be different. Yeah. Uh, because they are leading young men. Yeah. Uh, and you would like them to lead young men into, you know, a, you know, more positive, less scummy life. Right. Uh, but yeah, I mean, take a look at Bobby Petrino. Uh, he, he went through the same thing. And as yeah. a Falcons fan, I mean, there was massive schadenfreude in that, yeah. in that one. Uh, yeah. But, uh, you know, like it's, it's the reality is, yeah, a lot of these coaches are just as slimy as the players are and they are, and you don't realize it until they get busted. They say all the right things. They have pictures yeah. of them with their blonde wives and blonde kids, but their golden retriever on their Twitter profiles. And then they go get grinded up on by somebody who's not their wife. And, you know, <laughs> it is what it is. People are debating. They're like, Oh, he put, he put his hand there to block her. Uh, I don't know. He he could have just, you know, he could have gotten up and moved. I mean, yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, come on, it's not that hard. Maybe it was. I don't know. All I know is being a Browns fan <laughs> when you got a running back named Nick Chubb, and Chubb tends to do a lot of running in the fourth quarter. I got uh, friends yesterday texting going, "It's Chubb time," and I just kept sending the picture for the fire. <laughs> <laughs> mm. Oh man! Oh wow! We so yeah we we deviated from me answering the question of how I'm doing, um, which is fine. Cause we're going to get into that in a little bit. Yeah. I mean, I'm good. <laughs> it's, this is a different feeling race week from previous ones, but shit, yeah. we might as well just get into it. Cause there we are. Um, I'm in a weird spot, man. I'm in a weird spot. Um, it's race week and, um, it's a race that we've been talking about for pretty much all year. And, I've been super excited about it and I've got, you know, friends texting me, asking me if I'm ready and planning on coming out. And, um, you know, you and I got together just a week ago and walked and, you know, I said something about how my half marathon PRs are down in the Calgary Valley. And you're like, yeah, and your marathon PR is going to be in it too. And, uh, and then I did my second to last hard workout on Tuesday and I got done with the run at the end and, just felt a little bit of tightness in the front of my shin, like nothing like concerning, just like, Oh, it's a little, you know, you know how you get muscle tightness and you're like, Oh, I'm gonna have to roll that out, get a little extra tension tonight. Yeah. And I woke up on Wednesday and, um, just, just really bad pain on the front of my shin. Um, especially like when I try to point my toes back towards me and, uh, it's just kind of been this lingering pain that's been there. Um, and I don't know what to make of it. I've dealt with this before and it wasn't anything too serious, but it's like, it's within this proximity of this race that's coming up on Sunday. And like, as of right now, do I feel overly confident that I could run 26.2 miles? Not today. Um, I do see Tim Pavlak on Wednesday for, you know, my final tune up PT. And so I'm hoping that um, maybe some dry needling and, just talking it through with him that maybe it'll kind of loosen up whatever's tight and that'll relieve some of the pain that I'm feeling. It's pain in the tendon. Yeah. Um, so we'll see. It's really weird because um, 
I have complete faith in my fitness. I've put in the work. Uh, I've been consistent for nine months. Like I, I've got faith in my ability to run a good marathon if I feel good enough to go. Um, it's just that, you know, it's just that wondering of like, shit, am I going to be able to do this now? Um, oh, and your thoughts get all over the place. Oh, it's, I, I mean, yeah. Because you're so single-minded about it, you right. know, for so long. And then all of a sudden you get this little, you know, this little chink in the armor of like, shit, am I going to be able to do this? Um, so, yeah, we'll see. And, um, you know, obviously, like, I'll have updates for people on Wednesday after I talk for Tim. And, you know, I'll, I'll let you know if, how good I feel if I'm going to be good to go. But um, it's it's weird. And, you know, what's what's so hard about it is it's got me essentially on kind of like a two-track thought process because part of me still needs to be very much dialed in on you know a race plan and racing and what's good is you know like I said I've put in the work I feel confident in my fitness um I know what my race plan is and what it would be and um from that standpoint I feel fine and so it's just like basically not overthinking any of that right but the other track then is like well you know, how do you, how do you handle it if for some reason you can't do it? And, um, you know, it's like I was explaining to somebody at work yesterday, you know, runners always deal with injuries and I've had, I've had race cycles interrupted by injury where it's like it happened earlier in the cycle and I wasn't able to complete it or I had to kind of tweak things and adjust goals or whatever. I've never had something like this happen so close to a race, uh, where the whole cycle is essentially done and all the work is done. And, then you're not sure if you can actually do something. So um, I'm what's really interesting is that as I've been thinking about if I can't do it, given the goals that I had for this race and what I was hoping I would achieve with this race, um, you and I started this podcast shortly after I had run two BQs and had missed qualifying or missed entry into Boston by two seconds. And it was really an all consuming thing for me at that time. Um, and I've talked about how like really I got burned out over the last two years, you know, going through cycles of injury, um, being so close, not getting there. And what's really interesting is I find that if I think about not being able to run and not being able to do it, I don't have that disappointment like, oh shit, I've blown this opportunity. Yeah. Um, and I think that goes back to, you know, if you go back through and think about some of the conversations you and I have had over the course of the year, I think back to when we had Mark Freeman on, you know, we, we go back to that conversation a lot, you and I, for different reasons. And something Mark talked about was just, you know, doing the thing for just the joy of doing it. Right. And uh, that was something that I'd lost. And I've, I've regained that this year. I've just truly loved running this year. And yes, part of the, the love that I've had has been pursuing this. But I've just loved running. And, you know, for some reason, I'm, for some reason this week doesn't go the way that I want it to. Um, I'm not looking at it as this failure. I'm not looking at it as like, shit, I don't feel this pressure um, of like having been so close and, oh my God, like you've maybe blown this opportunity. I'm just thinking about you know, getting back out to be able to run again. And we'll kind of see where the cards fall at that point. But well, I mean, I think back to last year when uh, I had, I mean, I was in that place because you, you and I were in that same place, kind of around the same time, kind of a, a loss of love for running. Yeah. Uh, I was maybe a year ahead on that than you were, but uh, you know, it was, it was something that I really struggled with after 2016. 
mm-hmm. was just finding my love of running again. Yeah. And because I, I was so singularly focused on one thing where I wasn't I wasn't enjoying the act. I wasn't enjoying I wasn't enjoying the fitness I was building. I wasn't enjoying running. I was mm-hmm. I was, you know, kind of a slave to this goal. And it, you know, when it didn't happen, it was dejecting. I mean, I didn't talk to anybody for like a day and a half. Yeah. Like my wife, my parents who flew out here for it. Yeah. And my dad ran a half marathon at like 63 years old on like three weeks of training. And I just, I could barely congratulate him because mm-hmm. I was, I was all up in my own feels because I was, I was so singularly focused on this external goal. And, you know, that, that kind of opened my eyes to that. Uh, but even though last year for glass city, I was really enjoying my training. I mean, we talked a lot about it here. Yeah. I mean, I just, I felt good. Like I felt strong. I was happy. I was having fun. Yeah. And I, you know, I talked about this a lot on the uninterrupted last week. Uh, cause I did try to relate it to running. I know you don't listen to our podcast, so you probably didn't listen to me talk, but, uh, I really, I, re- I still really had to grieve that loss. Like as much as I was enjoying running and I wasn't in this place where I was like, you know, a, a slave to running, uh, it was taken away from me uh, over something that was a hundred percent out of my control. Injuries yeah. maybe are like, you know, depending on the injury, like 90% out of your control. Yeah. Uh, there's always some level of control you have over injuries. Um, I mean, to an extent, some of them are unavoidable, but uh, you know, I, um, like I was still devastated. Like I remember I just hit this point where I couldn't run, even though I had this love of running, mm-hmm. I, I couldn't bring myself to put on my shoes. It was just this reminder of what was taken away from me and all the work that I had put in uh, that I wasn't able to cash in on. And I didn't want to cash in on it with a virtual race. I didn't want any of that. Right. I wanted to, I wanted to go out and set a massive PR on a certified course and, um, enjoy that victory. Yeah. And that was taken away from me. And I put in the work I enjoyed putting in the work. And even though I enjoyed it and loved running every step of training last year, I was still devastated. And I think, you know, what you're going through right now, if something does happen, I think it's okay to be devastated mm-hmm. and it's okay. And I don't think that contradicts um, just having a love for running. I, you know, I think oh, it's, yeah. it's uh you know, it, it would be similar to the the grief I felt after putting our dog down. Like you, you, you really would be just devastated because you did put in all the work and you loved putting in all the work. Right. Not just an anger that I felt after 2016, where I was so singularly focused. It's different. Um. But yeah, I you know I went through this in 2015. You know, we were talking about this before air and I don't talk about, I think I've talked about this once or twice on the podcast, but I woke up on a Sunday morning. It was my, it was two weeks before race day. I was supposed to go out for an easy 10 miler and I woke up and I literally could not walk just randomly. I didn't run the day before. Uh, I just could not walk and right man, my thoughts were not good. I was supposed to go out for 10. I altered it to six to eight, just kind of like get out. I, I was thinking, I was like, maybe if I just kind of loosen up my hammy, whatever's going on. Cause it felt like it was behind my knee. Like my knee just could not support me. It would right. not bend. I could not do anything. And I was like, maybe if I get out and loosen it up, maybe I'll be okay. So I went to the tow path. 
And I remember this so vividly. And I, I was like, let's get in at least one mile and see where, what I feel like, no matter okay. what the pain is, just keep going. And so yeah. I got a half mile out and I was like, yeah, this ain't happening. And I turned around and walked, trotted back, uh, just to try to get back. It was a fight to get back to my car at that point. And I was like, how the hell am I going to run 26.2 miles yeah. in 14 days? Yeah. And that was, that was still at a point that was my fourth marathon. So that was still at a point where I was really just enjoying running. I was still relatively yeah. new. I only a year and a half before I had run my first full. I was at this point where I was seeing these like incredible leaps in my times. So I was just really able to enjoy everything. Mm -hmm. And uh, I wasn't, you know, trying to qualify for Boston or anything. I did go full send uh, the morning of race day, but uh, and it didn't quite work out for me, but it's, it's still my PR to this day. But I, um, yeah, like that anxiety of those two weeks. I mean, every day I woke up like, that was my, that was my whole thought. Like, am I going to be able to do this? Or is this just, did this just get stripped away from me? Right. You know, it was, I mean, every moment I wasn't working was constant nurturing of that injury. Yeah. And, uh, if I wasn't nurturing that injury, I was thinking about it. Like I couldn't do anything else. And, uh, it, I mean, it sucks, man. I, I, I hate what you're going through. And I, I really do hope that you're able to, able to toe that line. You know, I told you before the podcast too, or before we started recording, give it a go. <laughs> I mean, unless you can't walk, get to that start line and see what happens. Like if you're able to put in like a three or four miler this week, uh, yeah, at well, get, at least get there and, you know, you can always peel off. You And, and I and I would, you know, where I oh. come into today is that, you know, I've worked the last four days and by the time I'm done with my shift, like my leg is just killing me. Yeah. And it's like if just walking around is doing that, there's no way I'd be able to do, you know, a race. Right. Um, now, that all being said, you know, part of what. I've been dealing with on the, on all that is just just really some tightness and soreness just on the lateral calf muscles, lower leg muscles in general. Um, waking up today and just kind of like poking and prodding around, a lot of that tightness is relieved, and my lower leg now feels as good as it's felt, you know, in a week. You know, so it's possible that you know, just like with you, where everything kind of you know things locked up on you and then things eventually loosened up maybe that some of that stuff has relieved itself. And it's like the, the pain on the tendon is just tightness from the muscle essentially pulling on it. And so if, if all that stuff is starting to loosen up and that pain goes away, um, then yeah, I'll, I'll definitely try. And that's where I'm, I'm happy. I'm going to see Tim on Wednesday and, you know, kind of talk through it with him and, you know, he'll do what he does and I'll see how I feel Thursday. And then if I feel good, I'll go out and, you know, run a few days this week and, and see. And so it's, it's where I've got to have that two track mind of like, I'm still very much, in my mind about, okay, you know, if I'm able to go, this is what the plans, the fitness is there. Right. Um, you know, so if I'm able to get through several days pain free, then sure, I'll, I'll go for it. It's, it's what makes it so hard right now is that I know how I felt at the end of the day, the last four days, and it hasn't been good. Yeah. Um, you know, but the, the body's weird. 
the body is just so weird in, in how like little things can tighten up and it pulls everything else off. And as soon as some of that stuff loosens, you can feel like a totally different person. Right. Um, it's amazing the shit we put ourselves through in this sport. I swear. Um, <laughs> yeah, there, yeah, there's one it. thing, one thing you could look at if for some reason you're, you're a no go on Sunday, um, which you, you're going to have to figure this out quickly. Halloween. Uh, yeah. Oh, I've uh-huh. already thought that through. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's, and that, that is the other thing is that there's a couple of other options. It would be, it would, you because, might just need time. This might just yeah. be awful timing. Yeah. And, and that's what makes this particular moment so hard is that the proximity to race day is just so close. Um, yeah, no, I already thought my way through that because it would be essentially the uh, same sort of race course. It's on the towpath. It's just going to be down in Canal Fulton as opposed to up in Cleveland. Um, you know, so flat, pretty comfortable. Um, similar weather, probably a little cooler. Um, you know, it, it's it's one of those things where I've been tapering for 10 days or I'm in the middle of what would be my taper, but I could just essentially go back out and roll through a couple of weeks of decently hard training. Um, and then, yeah, go into a race week and run it on Halloween and um, see how it go. There'll be some complicating factors for me because I plan this week out early enough where um, my last day of work is Thursday. I took off Friday. I'm going to go watch a buddy. Uh, he's a high school football coach. I'm going to watch one of his high school football games Friday. I've got Saturday off, you know, day before the race, just kind of rest, relax, get yourself ready, go run Sunday. I've got Sunday off, took Monday off. Um, Halloween being what it is for my company, my, my place of work, we've got a number of, I've got a number of coworkers who have kids and Halloween that week falls on a Sunday or this year falls on a Sunday. And so my boss essentially, when it came to getting time off that week for people, um, basically the only priority was given to workers that have kids. So the complicating factor for me would be if I'm going to run that race on Halloween, I would actually still have to work the night before I'd have to run my race. And then I'd probably have to work after running a marathon that Sunday night. (laughs) I don't think there's any way for me to get the time off just because the priority was given to, to coworkers that have kids so they can enjoy Halloween weekend with their kids. That being said, can I suck it up and get through it? Yeah, I I would have to. I would figure it out. Speaking of sucking it up. So, um, friend of, (laughs) friend of the pod, Erica Gennaro, she had messaged me, uh, maybe like a week ago and don't go asking her for this. Uh, I probably shouldn't (laughs) even have mentioned her name, but she messaged me, uh, I got to pull it up specifically, but she was like, if you were, uh, given the option or if you were given the chance to run Boston with two weeks out, uh, would you do it? And my my response to her was, it depends on how hypothetical this question is. Because I really didn't want, to, <laughs> I did not want to commit to something uh, with, you know, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I the answer was yes, I would do it. But um, she actually had a connection that would have gotten, that had an entry uh, that I could have used to run Boston in two weeks. But like, I, I could not figure out a way to make it work because of the cost of the entry. The cost of the entry for Boston is what turned me off because I was trying to think through like the logistics of it because I'm off on Mondays. Uh, right. So I was like, I mean, I guess I'd be off on race day. So that's good. So I could drive in on Sunday. Uh, 
And then I was like, but how would I get back? Like, I, I have to work on Tuesday at seven o'clock in the morning. Right. And, uh, but I was like, you know what? I would be damned if I wouldn't give it a shot. And <laughs> I'm talking to my wife about it, which I'd already made the decision. I wasn't going to do it because the cost was just too much because right. I have no more paid time off either. All my time off is reserved for when we go on our cruise at the beginning of November. Right. That's the rest of the time off I have. And uh, I mean, I could probably finagle something, but I was like, I would literally have to drive in. Well, I could drive in on Saturday, uh, spend Sunday at the expo, run the race Monday, but like they're doing these wave starts. So who knows what time I might not start the race till noon. Yeah. And I'm not going to run fast because I haven't trained for a full. I would just go to I'd probably run like a four hour marathon and I would just be there experiencing it and enjoying it. So and then I would have to, you know, go back to somebody, whoever's house I'm staying at. I probably Erica's. I'd probably be staying with her and her husband mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> and I'd have to shower, get my car drive home. I probably would literally drive from Boston to work. Oh, but you know what? If I could afford the entry, I would do it in a heartbeat Yeah, because that's, that's a chance I don't have. So that's kind of when you're talking about, you know, you'd have to work the night before, then go try to run a full and then work the night after. I mean, I'll be damned. Are you really, if that's your option to use this fitness, yeah, I'll do I, you it. Know, I mean, do it. You know, yeah. Molly Seidel, full send. Like, it, it, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I did tell Erica, and this will transition us nicely into, you know, kind of the next part of this. I was like, man, I would love to be able to do it because then I could check that off my list and I would right. never have to train hard for a marathon ever again. <laughs> Because I, dude, what you're going through, what I went through last year, I love running again. I don't want to go through that again. The work that you put in to run a marathon the yeah. fastest you can is so much. Yeah. And it's not that I don't enjoy it. It's just that it's a lot and it's very tiring. It's time sacrificed with family. It's a lifestyle. And it is. And it's not a lifestyle that I love anymore. I love running, but I love running four to five days a week. Yeah. I don't want to go, but I, I mean, in the spring, I'm going to do it that I'm, I'm still committed to training hard for glass city, uh, because I want to kind of get my vengeance from last year. Right. And I want to see what this non-smoking body can do in a full. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I still don't know exactly what my goals are going to be. I'll kind of devise those when I see what I do at these three halves this month and, uh, <laughs> and I, 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 I did decide Cleveland's going to probably be the one I just coast. Um, Columbus, yeah. Columbus is the goal one. So I'm going to race that. That's going to be the one that's like all my efforts going to be put into the first one. Right. But so Cleveland, I'll probably just coast and then maybe I'll, and then I'll see kind of where I'm at for haunted forest. But, um, you know, so I'll kind of be, I'll devise my goals based off how these halves go. And then, uh, I also want to see what the Boston registration is. If that window shrinks, which we don't really know what it's going to be because yeah, this last year size. was just so bizarre. We don't know what the field size is going to be for next year. Uh, so we, we haven't even hit that. And I mean, how many, qualifiers do we have it's just there's so many unknowns but i want to see what that that registration window is 
because if it's if it creeps back to like the two and a half three minute mark, that might make things a little interesting for me in the spring. Right. But if it's still at like five minutes, I'm just gonna be like, yeah, fuck that. Like, yeah. I, I don't need to. I don't want to put. I'm not. I don't want to put the work in to run a sub three hour marathon. That's just not what I want to do. Do I, like I told you when we were on our that walk last week. I was like, I don't think I have it in me to run a sub three. And you were like, yeah, you do. And I was like, no, 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 that's not what I mean. (laughs) Like, I just don't think I have the will and desire to do that. Yeah. To to put in that work. I'd love to go out and run a sub three, but I don't want to put the work in to do it. Right. And I don't think there's anything wrong with admitting that. I just just don't want to do it. That's a lot of freaking work. Boston, Boston and just that sort of time in general doesn't have to be for everybody. Yeah. Um, it sucks because I'm so close ish yeah. that like, I'm in that like awkward part where it's like, if you do just a little bit more work, you could get there. And it's like, I, but do I really want to do that? And I, I, I think the answer to that is no. And I think something that comes along with that. And I mean, you know, this from having talked to me and my experience is that when the run becomes all about that, it's yeah. really tough. It's really tough to get out of your head because to run the best race you need to run, you have to be able to kind of let go of that and recognize, you know, a marathon's a long thing. If you start out in those first few miles, you're already like, Oh my God, I'm behind this pace. Like you're going to make yourself miserable. So right. the irony is that to get there, you almost have to, you have to want to get there, but you have to be able to let go of that. Well, and going back to our goal setting episode a couple weeks ago, if my, if I feel that everything would have to be perfect for me to hit that time, I'm not going for it. Yeah. If I feel like that could be my A goal and not my bonus goal. Okay. There's a difference there. Yeah. Because that's something I go, yes, that is, that is attainable. If a shoe comes untied or I have to stop and take a restroom break, or I had a headwind for five miles or whatever, all these little things that may be out of my control. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, if, if that's a realistic goal, if some of those things that are out of my control go against me, then okay, maybe I'll do it. But if it is, no, it has to be 50 degrees at the start. Can't go up above 55. Has to like, if I'm right. having to, if it has to be perfect, then yeah, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna do it. Um, I have other ways that I do want to. And, and because I feel like when I say I don't want to do that, it sounds like I don't want to push my body anymore. No. I don't, and that's not the way I hear it at all. Yeah, but I, uh, I want to push my body in different ways. That's why I'm doing like these three halves. You know, I felt like I can get to the half distance. I just didn't feel I was ready to put on the base to run yeah. a full in the fall. Yeah, and so I was like, okay, well, how can I make this more exciting? Where it's like, because I really don't ever feel like I'd have to train for a half because of the base I've always had on my body since I started running seven or eight years ago. So I, you know, let's, well, oh, cool. Cleveland's in the fall. Then we have this haunted three in a row. Let's go. Let's do that. That's interesting. Mm -hmm. Um, I've got some ideas on how to, whether I hit Boston or I decide never to go for it. And eventually I'll run it as like a charity guy. Yeah. Um, Cause I will run it someday. I just may never qualify for it. Like, how do I, how do I keep running exciting? How do I keep going after goals uh, where, where training feels important, even though maybe I'm not trying to, you know, PR every race I run or even train for fulls. And I've been, 
I got some ideas. Well, it, it's interesting that you bring that up because you know part of the part of the two track thought process here for me has been, you know, the other half thinking of like, okay, if it doesn't happen, because you know, you and I've been talking a lot, and I've been telling you in the last month just how tired I am, and I, it's just it's been just the you've been telling me so much, I've had to be like, dude, maybe you should take a rest. Right. And, and the thing is, is it hasn't, it, it's been the normal fatigue that you get with marathon training. It has been, I think for me, more the mental fatigue in that it's just so much of my, you know, so much of any part of my week is me looking at, okay, what workouts do I have to do this week? Like my day does revolve around doing that. Um, and as I'm sitting here thinking about it now, and as I, you know, as I think about like, okay, if it doesn't happen, you know, because I've had to confront them, like, do you want to do this again? Like, and the answer, you know, unequivocally is yes. And it's not just to get to Boston. It's that I really have enjoyed this year of running really more than I think I can remember enjoying any year of running. Um, and, you know, and the fatigue that comes with the latter stages of marathon training is just one of those trade-offs that you deal with. What I think has sort of crystallized for me in the past week, and it's been something I've been thinking about really going back to my vacation, is... Something I've really enjoyed this year is that for me, my running has become more expansive. You and I have always been upfront about the fact that for the most part, we train solo. We are, we're, you know, lone wolf, you know, runners when it comes to training, but I've enjoyed this year, you know, you and I getting together down at lock 15, running the towpath, having a few beers, going up to Edgewater for global running day, running with a bunch of people. Um, I haven't done a whole lot of that. You know, Eric Geyer and I got together once or twice and ran a couple of easy miles. He and I don't live too far apart from each other. Um, my running has become more expansive in the ways that I've gone about doing it. And even though I haven't done it a lot because my schedule doesn't allow it, I've really enjoyed that. And I've really enjoyed fitting that into my overall training. And I think part of what has crystallized for me is that I really do enjoy how much running occupies my life. And I've got to do a better job of getting the other parts of my life to allow me to do more of it. Um, you know, and you and I have talked about some business ventures that we're thinking about, you know, I've been slowly but surely working on, you know, my own business. And you and I talked about that last week and we talked about like one of the reasons I haven't gotten any further with it is because I've been comfortable at work. I'm making good money and I can do the job without thinking. And that's all great. Does it bring me much satisfaction? No, not at all. None at all. I'll be upfront with that. It doesn't at all. And so like one of the things that I've been thinking about is like, let's say the worst case scenario occurs here. Let's say I'm not able to run this weekend. Let's say I'm still not quite able to rebound and get enough together to run on Halloween. Okay. What would I do? Um, I train for a spring race. That means, if, I, that means I'd have three months or so of like not having to run six days a week, you know, a much more deloaded state of running where I'm running four or five days a week and just keeping some base fitness, um, not training myself into the ground where I'm, I'm tired all the time. Um, I feel just this, this huge urge to finally get the business up and running and be done with the line of work that I'm in. Because if I gain that freedom, I'm able to do a lot more of the sort of running that I've done this year with you finally getting out and running with a group, doing some of those things that allow me to enjoy running even more. And so in that way, like this is a little bit of a blessing in that I've kind of had to think about, you know, where do I want to go with my running going forward? 
And the answer to that is I want to share it with more people. I want to share the experience with more people. And that requires me to do some work to make that happen. Um, so in that way, I'm like, I'm kind of grateful for at least this little gut check, regardless of what happens on the running sense. It's been a little bit of a gut check for me. And it, like I said, it goes back to vacation. Vacation, you know, I sat back and kind of took stock of where things are at for me because it's been a weird 18 months. You and I have been upfront about that in just all sorts of different respects. It's been a weird 18 months and there's been a ton of reflection uh, during that time. And it's like, I've got to take some of the stuff I've built up over these 18 months and the opportunities that I've created that I just have to follow through on now. I've got to follow through on it so I can truly better enjoy some of the things that I found I do enjoy this year. Yeah, I like that. I like that a lot. I don't know where to go from there, to be yeah, honest. Yeah, I'm sorry. It was, it's, it's one of those things that hit me. It's been one of those things that have hit me really since I came back from vacation, you know, it's like you come back from vacation and you got to go back to work and you're like, ah, shit, I got to go back to work. Yeah. And that's normal. But I've recognized maybe like in the last week is like, there's a difference between how I've been feeling about going back to work versus, yeah, I'm just not really enjoying this anymore. Yeah. Um, and like, you know, like you said last week, the comfort level's there and it's really nice to be comfortable, but you get to a certain point where the comfort almost becomes like a, kind of become like a little bit of a barrier and uh all of this just kind of coincided here in the last week where you know, i really got to thinking about it so i don't know that there is any place to go with that but it's it's just been interesting in that running for me has changed this year and um yeah i recognize there's just other parts of my life that can continue that change and make running even better for me well and i think as we've done this podcast too i think you and i both you know felt a desire to you know, just do more that is involved. Like, I mean, we want this to be our life, not just podcasting, but yeah. like we, we want to do more in running and find ways to do that. And, yeah. uh, you know, we, we have, we have some ideas on, on what we'd like to do. Mm -hmm. Uh, but you know, this is, you know, that would maybe change things for sure on how goals, individual goals would be perceived. Sure. Uh, because you know, there may be probably not more time. There might be less time, but you know, when it's everything now, it might be a little different. <laughs> well, you know, think about it, you know, so like you've been doing a lot of 4am workouts. Oh, one more. Yeah. <laughs> and that, the last one. And that God. reaction right there says it all. And, you know, I'll be honest with you. I, I would love to be more of a morning workout person, not 4am morning, yeah, but like 7am sort of person even dude in the spring assuming i still have the same job it's gonna be 3 30 yeah because those runs are gonna be longer and, oh. and that's and that's what's so hard about it is that i think you know my job is great because it allows me the flexibility to continue to train the way that i want to like this yeah. is training that would be very hard to do with a nine to five i work for somebody else sort of job Ooh, but it good. is hard in that because I close and because I'm often not leaving work until midnight, I, I can't do the thing where I get up at six in the morning. Like I, I've, I'm at the age where I need my eight hours. I get basically eight hours on the dot. Um, and then I'm great. And when you're doing this much training, you need that recovery. And right. it's pretty well documented that in, you know, a solid block of sleep is better than a shorter block of sleep doing activity. And then a nap, you need like that true solid block of uninterrupted night sleep. 
I would love to be, you know, doing a job where I work for myself, which is what my business is hopefully going to become, where it's like, yeah, I'll get up at 6 a.m., I'll get my workout in, I'll be done by 8 or 9, I've got my work day in front of me, when I'm done with it, the rest of the time is mine, and I can go to bed at 10 o'clock and get my solid eight hours of sleep. I would love that. I'd absolutely love that. Um, you know, you, thinking about your job where you talked about having to be to work at 7 a.m., for you to get in the sort of training you would need to do to run a marathon or to even try to BQ, like you said, you're talking about 3.30. And in the yeah. spring, when you don't know what Ohio weather is going to throw you, where a March day can send you a snowstorm, it's so hard to plan for that. Well, and the thing that sucks so much about going to work that early is it's like, it's 3.30, I'm up, I have one cup of coffee, like half a banana, and maybe like half a piece of bread with peanut butter on it. Yeah. So that I can basically, I mean, I'm out the door 30 minutes after waking up. Yeah. And uh, so I have to eat and drink an appropriate amount that's not going to make me throw up. But also like my body is not warmed up at all. So yeah. speed workouts, tempo is a, that is a no-go in the mornings. Yeah. So it's not even like I'm able to really develop a habit where I am, you know, a hundred percent, like all in on morning workouts. Uh, I, that's not a possibility. Yeah. Uh, so it's, you know, it's been Tuesday and then Fridays, but then like work gets in the way, uh, where it's like, Oh crap. Now my Thursday workout got pushed too late. And so I didn't get to bed at the right time. So I guess I'm just going to run Friday night because I need, I'm, I've been trying to prioritize sleep. That's the one good thing that's happened with the early morning workouts is mm -hmm. prioritizing sleep is something that I really focused on this time, which yeah. with the exception of my heel, I think really um, allowed me to uh, stay injury free through all of this. Uh, I mean, my heel, I accepted, you know, probably halfway through August after numerous, numerous visits and needling that hurt like good God. <laughs> um, from Varel at uh, Physio Balance, I, uh, you know, I didn't, I, I just had kind of realized like, this is just something I'm going to suffer through, uh, through the rest of this training until I can take extended time off. Like yeah. I, I get done with these three marathons. I mandate two weeks relatively off. Maybe I'll run like twice the week after Haunted Forest just to kind of shake out and try to loosen up. Right. But you know, like short, like two, three mile, easy, easy, easy runs. Yeah. Uh, but you know, apart from that, like really mandate some time off, then I'll probably be over this heel and plan our fascia stuff and, you know, be able to move on to maintenance and base building again. But, uh, you know, it's, I, I've been able to prioritize sleep because I've been waking up so early, but I still can't slip into that rhythm of doing it every day, which yeah. sucks. And I would love that ability and flexibility to do that as well. Even if it meant waking up at four o'clock every morning, but you know, maybe I don't get out the door till five so I right. can kind of loosen up properly and then maybe get all my workouts in and then do my day and move on. This yeah. really turned into a totally different episode than we thought. I uh, really wasn't sure where it would go. And, um, but I, I, you know, I think, I think that what's really important about something you and I are talking about is just, you know, running's running's our hobby and we love doing it. Um, it's not, you know, it's not going to pay my bills. Like I've, I've maybe made a hundred dollars this year on like winning age groups. And I think I, place top three in one race 
you know, so those little gift cards are nice. I've bought some new running shorts and running socks, but it's not going to pay the bills for me. Right. So running is something I have to fit in around everything else. Um, and I'm fortunate enough in that I do feel like I have the opportunity to be one of those people who can, you know, leave the job that they don't necessarily like to do something that, you know, I will, and then that'll better facilitate my running. But, you know, it's like, you have to, you and I have been upfront about this. Like you've got to find some sort of balance and you can't balance everything when you're in the middle of marathon training, like other things have to fall by the wayside. Right. But in the grand scheme of the entire year, you have to find balance where you're prioritizing family and work and you can't neglect those things. And when the work schedule is what the work schedule is, there's just only so much that you can do with your running and it's okay to, you know, it's okay to say like, yeah, for right now, I don't think I can get to that level as a runner that I might want to get to, or that would allow me to, you know, qualify for Boston because just life won't let me. And it's, okay, you know, cause otherwise you're going to make yourself miserable. And that's, I think it's interesting that I'm not feeling more disappointed about that aspect than I am because I really want to get there. And I do believe that another cycle I get through and, you know, if I can't run this time, if I get through another cycle that I will get there, I age up next year. So I get five more minutes. Unless they change it again. I'm crossing my fingers. No, Um, that's my luck. I was the one who got fucked on that. I, I I'll tell you what, if they have to go like, sub three hours as a qualify like not not like you have to get there as the cutoff time but like you have to run a 255 just as the mark for like 18 to 34 year olds like i think at that point it just becomes inaccessible to too many people yeah and and that is that is what it is if that's what they decide it's what they decide well and you know what like i so i've thought about like glass city next year so right now i'm a 317 marathoner right um that was with a bad race plan that was uh my brother and i talking going to the start line after i had that weird injury two weeks before i just said fuck it i'm gonna line up with a 305 group and see what happens right i stayed with them till about mile 16 and then i died Mm -hmm. which is fine i i i I left everything out there that day right uh and a terrible race plan though terrible like the worst so a proper race plan i probably run a 312 which you know puts me about seven minutes off of my current boston qualifying time yeah um i I, that's kind of what i assume it would be is about you know five minute difference um because there were a lot of walk and stretch breaks because i just killed myself but i um you know, so if I'm seven minutes off, it's like, okay, well now I don't smoke. That's probably three or four minutes right there. Uh, so, you know, I'm right there. I could put in the work to get to three Oh four fifty nine. Yeah. Uh, and I, that's kind of maybe where I'd want to be just to call myself a Boston qualifier and throw away $3 to a charity when I register. Cause isn't that the registration fee is like three bucks and it gets donated. Isn't there something like that? No, no. So when you, when you register, um, you don't get charged for anything. Oh, okay. I, yeah. Maybe that I thought they maybe they used to. I don't know. I thought there was something where they it was like three. Maybe that's New York. Maybe it's like when you do the lottery. One of the major yeah, races maybe. when you register, it, you basically have to donate uh, I three gotcha. bucks or something. Maybe but anyways, you the, maybe you have the option. I honestly don't think I've looked at it that closely. But you don't get charged for anything unless you actually well. I assume you get charged once you get in. I wouldn't know. I've never actually made it that far. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so like I, you know, I would do it and I would register because I, you know, I think that that that's been a goal of mine. I mean, yeah. I would call it the penultimate goal, like do yeah. that and I'd be done. Um, but I, you know, I don't know. Where, so where would you go after, like, if, if that's your goal, like, where would you go afterwards? Like, what would you do in running? Do you have any idea? 
Uh, I, I don't. Um, I don't. And I think if you'd asked me this question two weeks ago, I would have told you like, okay, you know, because two weeks ago, um, I was operating under the assumption that I was going to run a really good race and I was going to get in and then I was going to run Boston next year. Um, cause I felt like I had enough of a cushion based on what my times were that as long as I ran a smart race that I was going to get there. Yeah. And you're really um, training at times that would leave no, I mean, you would totally, um, yeah. Uh, run it up Herman, leave no doubt on it. Yeah. Um, I think two weeks ago, what How I would have like that you, reference. I do like that. <laughs> I just want to let it hang there for a <laughs> That's, that's the best line in that entire movie. Oh man. Um, but no, I think two weeks ago, I would have told you like, once I do that, probably step away from marathoning for a bit um, yeah. because it, it was tiring. Um, it is tiring. I think as I've sort of become a little more, you know, as I've thought more about just how running fits into everything overall and how I continue to do this, if I'm able to get to that place where I'm working for myself and I don't have to fit into anybody else's schedule, if I can make that work and I have to make that work, um, there's a part of me that looks at it and says, I probably keep marathoning at least for a little bit because I really do love it. Um, yeah. Probably with probably like, you know, within the span of two years, probably run like two marathons and two halves, maybe occasionally run like three marathons and one half, um, maybe mix it up and like throw in like peaking for a 10 K or something just to change it up. Um, because I really do love it. I really do. Um, I, I think, and I, I, you know, I might be wrong once I actually get out and, you know, do this, assuming I can get the business up and be successful with it. Maybe I do and I still go, ah, it's still too much time. And even though I, my time is my own, it's just too much. And there's other things I want to fit in and I cut back. But I, I guess like I don't have a firm answer on that now. And I'm okay with that because right. um, I just know, I just know that like as I'm sitting here right now, I've loved the process again of getting out and running for the sake of getting out and running. Yeah. And uh, I'll, I'll figure out whatever that's going to look like. And, you know, I, I don't find it don't like the, I don't find it daunting to think about the next cycle right now. I love running and training too. I, uh, you know, yesterday was my last long run and we had talked about mm -hmm. this a few weeks ago. Um, I, I hit that melancholy. Yeah. That, that like that just the whole run, like when I got two or three miles in and I was like, yeah, I'm going to finish this run. Yeah. Cause it's just an easy 10 miler. Um, you know, I, I really started to kind of think next time I run double digit miles is going to be, you know, two weeks from now, I'm going to be celebrating a PR. Yep. Um, you know, there's, there's been a lot that's gone on. This has honestly been a shitty year too. Uh, this is 2021 has been way harder on me than 2020 was. Uh, there's just been one thing after another. Uh, it In what way? That, well, I mean, my dad. Yeah. Um, I wasn't you know, sure if you meant running specifically. No, no, was, no. Yeah. Just speaking, you know, my life, it's been harder. You know, I mean, I had my dad have cancer at the beginning of the year, you know, his surgery, his recovery. I had my own surgery, which wasn't a bad thing. That was a good thing. Yeah. But it was, you know, four weeks of sitting on my ass doing nothing and it sucked. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, we still have COVID going on. Uh, yeah. You know, we, we kind of snip, snap, snip, snap on that because it seemed like things were going to get back to normal in June and then Delta hits and yeah, here we are again. Right. And, uh, 
you know, then I, I lost my, my dog, which just sucks. I mean that every night just blows now, but, um, you know, there's been a lot that's gone on, uh, this year. That's just been really tough, but I I've running has been a great tool for me to get through all of it. And so I really hit this melancholy yesterday. It's like, this is, you know, this training, I, I fought through all that. Oh, and quitting smoking too. I yeah. mean that again, that's a good thing, just like my surgery, but that's, that's a battle. That's still a battle. I mean, that's something I'm going to battle for the rest of my life. Um, I I've been good. I still have, yeah, you know, I'm still smoke free, which is awesome. Um, I've had a couple cigars, but that's it. That's different. Yeah. I think I asked you like, that's a totally different experience for you than it is smoking a cigarette. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, but you know, so I've done that and, but you know, uh, apart from that, it's been, you know, I've been smoke free, uh, but you know, it's, it's a battle and, uh, it's, this whole training has been something that I'm like, I, I get to kind of experience running without that. And that's mm -hmm. awesome. And, but it leaves a lot of anxiety about what happens in two weeks. I've never run a half marathon or a marathon as a non-smoker. So I have right. no idea what to even make my goals. Like, how's that going yeah. to affect me in a race? I know it's going to be a positive effect. I don't want to, I don't want to run too slow, you know? So it's like, I don't know. I, I'm just at this like weird unknown time. But I don't know where I'm going with any of this. Now I'm just rambling. No, you know, well, something I wanted to kind of hit on when you said that 2021 has been harder than 2020. Um, for me, it's been in different ways because I don't think I've I haven't really experienced any of the really hard things, like especially within my family or for myself that you have with surgeries and your your dad's cancer diagnosis. But I, I found that to be the case for myself, too, and that it's for me, it's felt more challenging. Um and I think, I think a big part of it was because, uh, and this will go off of conversations you and I've had throughout the past 18 months on here, you know, 2020, a lot was taken from us. And, you know, you and I were talking pre-show about how for some people, for a lot of people, the pandemic was essentially kind of a two month long thing. And then once things reopened up, it was kind of going on in the background and, but not really something that some people dealt with in like a very like upfront way. You and I have, you and I were different we were very cautious. We really cut a lot out of our lives. Um, you know, we felt that for 12 months plus. And I think what happened was, is like, you know, last year was very much this year of like recognizing some of the things that were really important because they were taken from you. We got those things back in whatever doses we got them back in this year. But I found it at times exhausting to reintroduce those things because you had to do it within you had to do it within the context of like not wanting necessarily to sometimes slip back into old habits, habits that you kind of recognize weren't good habits, you know, when we were forced to give them up. Right. And I think what it's almost done is I feel like there's been almost more introspection this year uh, for myself as opposed to last year in that as I've gotten some of those things back, I've had to think even harder about like, what do I truly want to make sure I take with me? What do I really need to make sure that I cut out? And I think that's, that's part of what, sort of led to the sort of the last month or so of really looking deep inside of like, okay, I know after this year running and the experience of running with other people and sharing that with other people is a really big thing for me. You know, I've got to kind of follow through on some other changes in my life where I've been maybe too comfortable because I'm really recognizing that now. And it's, it's, 
I think this year has almost been like last year, if it was about the reflection this year and going forward is more about having to put in the work that accompanies that reflection. Yeah. And that's, that's just so much harder. It's easy to sit back and reflect and think about something, but to truly like change the behaviors and adapt and adopt even new behaviors. That's hard. It's really hard. Um, and it's worthwhile. Yeah. But it's hard because progress isn't linear. You are going to backslide on things and, I think for me anyway, that's what I'm finding has been more challenging this year. Well, and so I think some of that introspection that we've talked about, you know, running has been so good for me and this training has been so good for me through all these battles that I've had this year. Uh, you know, I've, I've enjoyed getting out and just running. I've enjoyed the hard runs, but yeah. I, I've, I've enjoyed just getting out and running. Like even mm -hmm. those 4am runs, like, it's tough to get out of bed, but once I get out and it's just myself, I can cross the street against the lights because there's nobody out. Even yeah. though it's the same, it's a two mile loop. I run four times, uh, you know, so it's kind of boring and it smells like garbage the whole way. It's, it's been, it's been like, I've enjoyed it. I've just yeah. enjoyed getting out and putting in those miles. And those have been my favorite runs, uh, just my easy mile runs. And so I've enjoyed running and not running hard. And so as I kind of look past, you know, as I've been real introspective on this, you know, do I want to go after Boston in the spring, which maybe I do. I don't know yet. Like I said earlier, there's things, you know, I got to look at my own results and I got to look at what the registration window and stuff like that is, um, you know, is going to really decide how hard I want to go after Boston in the spring, or if I just want to go chase a massive PR. Yeah. Uh, but you know, I've back to finding ways to keep running interesting. I think like I want to run longer. Like you and I have talked about it and you've talked about maybe running shorter, uh, you know, and getting faster at the shorter distances, 5k, 10k, 10k. What a God's distance to running. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's like, there, there are things like that that you can do, uh, but I, you know, I'm not going to commit to it yet, <laughs> but I think I'm going to run a 50 miler in June you know, just experience something totally different. I don't know. That'll probably be the only time I do it. Um, I, of course I said, I'd only ever run one marathon. I think the one reason it'd be the only one I do is I don't like trail running, like single track trail running. Uh, that's not my thing. Yeah. But Eagle up at, in canal Fulton in June is on the towpath. And it, I've gone there a few years and I love the experience of it. I've never yeah. run. I've never been a registered runner. I've paced and I've supported, but yeah, I've always enjoyed the, the community aspect of it and the, the ambiance of it. And I'm like, maybe I, maybe I do something crazy like that. Like, because that's the running that I've enjoyed and that still requires work and time, mm -hmm. but it's different. Like when I go out for my hard runs, I, I dread it. Like I enjoy them in the middle of it and especially at the end of them, yeah. but it's just, that's just not where I think I am as a runner after glass city anymore. Mm -hmm. yeah. So I, and I think, you know, it's one of our friends that we talk about a lot. Who's an absolute machine is Ryan McCartney. And a couple weeks ago, he PR'd a half marathon at 36 and he's been running forever and he is fast. And so to PR at 36 is pretty remarkable, but and that's had, in the middle of training. Yeah. And cause he's running Boston on Monday. Uh, but he, even, uh, you know, even he is like, I don't know how much hard running this 36 year old body has left. That was yeah. his, that was his caption to his photo of it. And it's like, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm kind of at that point too. Like yeah. 
I, I don't know, but I don't know that it's my body. I think it's kind of my mind. I don't know how much hard running I have left in me mentally. And so finding other ways to, um, to kind of use this outlet is kind of where I'm at. And I, I think, you know, we, we've Boston has always been a goal of ours. It's on Monday. Um, but you have kind of been trying to find other ways and other things to do in running that keep it fresh. Um, I'm running three halves back to back to back. It's going to be stupid, <sighs> but it'll be interesting if you decide to go that route, if you hit a point where you decide to come back to that because you miss it, because I think there's something to be said about just setting that pursuit, you know, when you've, when you've been, cause you've been essentially a marathoner pretty much your entire time running. You and I right. differ that way. I, it took me a while to get up to it. You kind of started that way. Right. And it'll be interesting if after, you know, a certain amount of time, years, months, whatever, part of you goes like, yeah, I miss it now. Cause that's, that's what happened to me after, you know, really the latter half of 2019, not running at all. And then sort of getting back to it last year, but then not as soon as races were canceled was I really fully like kind of gave up on it for a bit. And you know, for me, it was like, do I even want to keep running? And then once I finally got back to it this year, it was like, oh yeah, I really do enjoy this again. And it's, it's possible that there'll be a point. It probably will happen where I go, nah, for a while, I just don't want to do it. But I think, I think that's one of the great things about having different ways of having an outlet with this is that right. there's no right, there's no one right way to do it. Right. You do what interests you. And then if that changes, go back to what you've been doing. Yep. So we're going to go back to not podcasting because it's time to end this. That but, it is. Um, I've really enjoyed this talk. It's been a little all over the place, but I've, I've, I enjoyed this today. I needed it after yeah. the last couple of weeks and you know, it sucks. I would have loved to talk more about what's your goals for Sunday. And now we don't even right now, your goal is to hopefully be good enough to, to get, get to the start line. And yeah. uh, hopefully next week uh, after we, talk a little boston we can talk a little towpath and preview a little columbus uh full slate next week lord willing um but yeah i've enjoyed this today uh listeners i hope you enjoyed it too make sure you rate review subscribe to us on your favorite podcast platforms uh and yeah stay safe out there and enjoy your miles everybody